It's the Green Umbrella Marketing Social Snippet Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Social Snippet Show podcast. Each week, Thursday at 12 noon, the Green Umbrella team go live over on Facebook and we discuss the latest changes and updates in our little world of social media. So let's not waffle now. Let's just get straight into the conversation and see what everyone's been up to and what the changes are, what you need to be paying attention to as you move forward with your marketing. Hi, everyone. We're live. Oh, Mark, were you going to say, were you going to start the show? No, I just didn't realise we were alive. Oh. <laughs> I was just sitting there twiddling my pen and I'll have a little drink. Fantastic. So here we are live. Um, we're streaming on the um, Green Umbrella Marketing Facebook page. We're live on YouTube and also on my LinkedIn profile. So wherever you're joining us from, hello and thank you for tuning in. Um, my phone is now buzzing like crazy. I don't know if you, hopefully you're not picking that up on the sound. Um, no. Do you know, I feel a little bit out of sorts. So I'm officially um, having a few days off this week. So I couldn't miss live lunch, of course, because I, I, like I like our little chat about, um, you know, what's happening each week. And it, it's our opportunity to sort of catch up with each other as well, isn't it? So, um I feel a little bit unprepared because I've, you know, I've been doing like boring things like hanging out in Ikea and and, um, and not so boring things like spending time with my 14 year old, which I'm so glad I thought before I said that then. Otherwise, that I'd have been in a lot of trouble, wouldn't I? Um, but what have you guys been up to in my absence? What's been going on? What news have you seen in the social media world that we should be talking uh, about? I just thought you meant in general in your absence. I was going to say wild parties. Yeah. <laughs> it's know. been a really chilled out week. Yeah. We've just been spinning on our chairs, basically, waiting for you to get back. See, I'm good with that. Then we <laughs> Andrew and I have had calls before where literally I've just spun on my chair whilst we're having very serious, important conversations. So, um, so yeah, that's all good. That's all good. So, come on, Amanda, what have you been looking at social-wise? What have you been diving um, in Quite a lot, actually. It's been, been a busy old week or so. Um, so, new developments in, in the world of marketing and social media. Um, might not feel brand new, but because uh, it's about a week old now, but obviously we had Jackie from Team on last week, so um, we didn't really get to talk about it. But LinkedIn Stories has now landed with, uh, I think it's gone out to everybody. Sometimes when LinkedIn rollout features, it only goes to a select few people. It kind of selects people at random, and then if it doesn't work, it, it has a chance to roll it back before rolling it further. But it seemed like it went to everybody. Um, so it's only on the app. So if you've got a LinkedIn app on your phone, um, it's not desktop available. So, um, and again, like all stories, it's the one at the top of your newsfeed, which is in a little circle. So it's kind of mimics Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, people were were pretty quick to jump on it in a, oh, I've got this, it's shiny and new. But the amount of people that went, oh, I've got this. Now I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so kind of that, that's how it started. Um, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting development, you know, whether it's a pro or a con, there's people that are kind of going, oh God, stories, are we going to have people kind of going, this is what I'm having for lunch and the sort of banal stuff or personal stuff you see. Um, 
or is it going to be a fantastic opportunity for people to share kind of in the moment content um that is behind the scenes of what they're doing you know important kind of just just in news um so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it pans out and who sticks with it I haven't actually tested it yet but I know Jane you tested it didn't you when as soon as you got it I did yeah I haven't I, I think I'm one of those people where I wouldn't really know what to put because I feel like on my other stories I they are quite personal and I'll put stuff that I wouldn't necessarily put on LinkedIn because I don't want to to show that stuff on LinkedIn I don't really want to show what I'm having for breakfast because I don't think anybody cares <laughs> <laughs> So what was interesting that a lot of people immediately started cross-posting. So you would you would see a story on LinkedIn <laughs> that was clearly built in um, you know in Instagram, for example, because of the yes. labels and the you know the stickers and the the text formats, that kind of thing. So it's quite interesting that people were just immediately just going like copy paste with the, the content essentially. Um, I do think it's quite a big opportunity. This style of content is not going anywhere fast. Um, and I, I do think it's, yeah, there's a nice opportunity there to really tap into that stuff that maybe you don't want out there in the public domain forevermore. Um, the fact that it's going to disappear after 24 hours, um, you know, if I, so I'm doing a webinar this afternoon on, um, video and video <laughs> pitching. I was about to say, have you forgot? <laughs> I do know what I'm talking about, A to Stay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Once. Um, but yeah, so still time I, to yeah, register. Still, so any APSCO members that happen to be listening in, wanting to talk about um, or learn more from you about kind of how to appear on video as we are now and how to use that to your advantage. So yeah, yeah little plug for you. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but, you know, whilst I'm preparing for that, I might take a selfie of me in the screen or, you know, the, Mark and I were just in a meeting with a, a prospective new client. We might have taken a photo then and I'd shared that into my story. And like I say, 24 hours later, it's disappeared. And that's that's the beauty of it. And from a business perspective, it's a nice outreach when people get that notification that you've been mentioned in the story. Um, and it, it's another way of it's another trigger for one-to-one -one communication. If you respond to someone's story, that response is received in LinkedIn Messenger. So again, it's just another way of creating that reach out that has the potential, if you handle it correctly, to to end up in a in a sales um, in a sales conversation or a, you know a sales environment. So I'm really excited about it. Also, mm. I'm one of those people that very rarely update stories from a personal perspective because everything I've got to talk about is business related and therefore a little bit boring, maybe for some people. So for me, it was like LinkedIn stories. I was like, yeah, I know exactly what to do. The other thing with it as well is that I feel like I don't know if you've paid attention to who you're seeing whose stories you're seeing, what order you're seeing them in. I think there's more of an algorithm behind what we're seeing on LinkedIn stories than there is on Instagram and Facebook, for example. Mm. So it's going to be quite interesting over the next few weeks when everyone has sort of dug in and paid attention to this stuff to see what thoughts come out at that point. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's a feature we should be using. Um, and you can use it for video as well. You just got maximum twenty seconds on your video. So, like I said, I I, I think it's really a really usable feature. Yeah, I, it, I I would agree, and I think 
Um, some people might fall by the wayside as well. So if you, you keep going with it and you're an early adopter, it'll help you stand out. Um, in, in the same way that, you know, if you look on Facebook and Instagram, yes, consumer brands are there quite a lot for stories, but um, less so on Facebook. You know, when, I, when I'm looking on Facebook, the, the, and I follow a lot of brands and a lot of companies on there, um, it prioritizes, you know, people, my connections, my friends in there. But the story and contents from companies is is quite few and far between. So if you stick with it, then, you know, fingers crossed, you would stand out and people will start to recognize you. And even if they're not watching really diligently, they will know who you are and what you do. I, I can't remember the exact stat, but it's something like brand pages or, or brand profiles, rather, are sharing less than five stories a month, which mm. is just crazy. Absolutely crazy when you think mm. about it. It's the first, I mean, I don't know if, if if everyone else here is the same or anyone watching is the same, but it's the first content I consume because it's so easy. It's so easy it's to click front through. And Absolutely. Front and yeah, so whether it's Instagram or Facebook and then now probably LinkedIn, it's the first thing I will look through. And then if you're short on time, you kind of ignore the feed underneath. Mm. So, do, do, is that just me or do, do others do that? So Emily Jane, do you do that as well? usually yeah hmm. i think it depends really what mood i'm in if i yeah if i click on it and i know i don't have much time then i will just look through the stories and maybe react to a few or reply to a couple um but if i want to do more of that engagement then i and i have more time i tend to skip the stories do the engagement first and then go to the stories after that yeah this um, is more so from a personal fairly. perspective i mean yes, rather than, yeah yeah i mean for me i guess with my accounts that's what I would usually do but it it, it depends like I said I, I think the stories are very useful and I, I do like the fact that they're so easy that you can just click on them they're only there for a set amount of a time obviously most of them don't have an algorithm or anything so I do like them in that sense um but it really depends on how much time I have <laughs> if I've got five minutes <laughs> I think Mark you were going to say something no I was just gonna say I wonder if they're going to plan to have it on desktop as well because I don't know, slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm Instagram. I tend to sort of go on stories, Facebook, unless bizarrely, unless I'm on desktop, I don't really look at them. So, to be fair, I'm I'm actually the same as that. Thinking about it, I will I'll look at stories on my phone all the time. But if I click on Facebook, I'll occasionally look at the stories along the top. But I would more likely do that if I was on my phone for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because it's where my thumb is. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Emily, what have you been looking at this week? Um, I have been quite busy this week. However, I did have a quick look at social media today, uh, this morning, um, and I noticed that there was a piece on there published yesterday, I think, about uh, Pinterest and the growth of Pinterest in general. So they've added, um, I think there's now over 26 uh, million extra users in this quarter or something. And the revenue has increased as well this month. Um, so I sort of, I read a little bit of the article, article. I found it quite interesting because it was talking about how the growth of Pinterest has mimicked the lockdowns in the UK or everywhere. Um, so basically, as the lockdowns were enforced and they increased, the, the users on Pinterest increased. 
and and as they have decreased again and things are easing off they're, they're going down and they're sort of they're doing this wave really exactly the same following the, the wave of lockdown so um, I found that quite interesting really I think the article was basically saying that it was because of obviously the rise in e-commerce and people doing a lot of online shopping and also the fact that people are spending a lot of time at home so they're looking at sort of like renovation project projects and inspiration and things that they can do there um, but yeah I found that I thought it was interesting anyway I know I personally use Pinterest quite a lot um, I wouldn't say that that's mimicked necessarily the wave of lockdowns, but possibly it has. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know if it, do you guys use Pinterest or? I I really don't. Very very rarely. Yeah. But I'm. It's it's kind of what your what your interests are outside of work. So I know you do a lot of home renovations and DIY. That just it doesn't interest <laughs> me at all. I'm instantly bored when someone's talking about paint colours and wallpaper. <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing is pinterest is a thing so uh, as much as it's a you know yes it's a social media platform first but the way people use it is a search engine so mm. if i um go back a few years someone i knew um, someone was getting married and i was doing the flowers for the wedding okay i know can you be like i'm actually quite good <laughs> with like floristry stuff but yeah there's something nobody knows um so I you know getting ideas for what to do with the flowers what flowers color schemes that kind of thing table centers I probably spent more time on Pinterest in that kind of six to eight week period when we were deciding exactly what we were going to do than I have done at any other point in my life mm -hmm. um it is a like I said it is a search engine first and you've got to think about who's buying from you and whether they're going to use Pinterest to get those ideas mm. together. So anything that's home related yeah. or um, I'd say linked to a life event. So, you know, people will put things together like, you know, the perfect Christmas. OK. And like, you know, recipes and that kind of thing. But, you know, getting married or, um, you know, it, it might be, you know, um, christenings or, you know, nurseries, you know, bedroom decor, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of thing that people flock to Pinterest for. And they're looking at imagery that is very much selling a lifestyle. So when you're putting your products onto that platform, again, it's about it's about selling that kind of selling the dream, really. It's, it's the kind of the ideal, isn't it? So now uh, might be things like Halloween crafts, things you can do at Halloween, like, you know, make your own decorations and stuff. Because obviously for a lot of people, there's no trick or treating or anything like that this year. So, so yeah, I have used it and I, I do have it on my phone, but it tends to be for things like, yeah, Christmas ideas, craft things you can do with kids. Yeah. See, for me, I use it more from, I guess, the way Christina was explaining like an inspiration aspect so I would look at it for um like obviously home decor and stuff like that but then in terms of Christmas it would be Christmas decorations or Christmas Move. wrapping paper because I Move love wrapping more. my presents all snazzy <laughs> so yeah it's just things like that really I mean mm. I love it I I and it's something to be fair Christina's right I it's something that I only really got into when we bought the cottage and started renovating the cottage before that, I would have it for, I don't know, maybe a few things like 
girly stuff that Mark won't care about, but like Halloween nails or <laughs> <laughs> but like outfits of the day. <laughs> for, the, um, for the consumer brands, so the brands that we work with um, that are product based and they're consumer facing. So, because obviously, you know, as GU, we have a, a real spectrum of you know people we work. With. Some is service based, some is business to business. Lots of recruiters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but people making sort of handmade jewellery and, and things like that, this is the perfect platform for them. And as you say, kind of yeah. a massive search engine. So if it drives people back to their website and helps make, you know, make them some sales, then then definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think, like you said, it, it will only work well for certain businesses. But if you are in that sector where it is going to work well for you, I definitely would recommend it because... Well, like the 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 advert, the article said that the users are already increasing on that anyway. So, um, yeah, if, if it drives sales, then it's worth it, really. We have missed the trick, really, this week. <laughs> I did suggest to Enrique, I thought it was kind of pre-Halloween, you know, should we do anything? So, we should have worn witch's hats or, I don't know, something. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Halloween <laughs> nails. <laughs> Okay, okay, right. I'm like, hold on a minute, guys. Let's move on. Let's move on. I don't I don't do the whole dressing up thing at the best of times. And if we're going down the route of like Halloween pumpkin boppers, then I'm definitely moving it, moving it along. I'm out. <laughs> So, Jane, how about you? You're very quiet today. Oh, I can't get a word in with you a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Um, actually, going back to the selling stuff again, the thing I was going to talk about is actually only in America at the minute, but it's a TikTok thing. So they've just done a partnership with Shopify. And um, the idea being that this, this they're integrating together so that merchants can create these um, in-stream video adverts that you can shop from. Um, you can target them, obviously, quite well to the younger age group by gender, by age, behaviours, the categories of videos they look at. Um, And the videos themselves are shoppable, so people can obviously buy stuff from the video. Um, But they're also releasing a pixel. So then that's retargeting, tracking, all of those things coming along. Um, And then after that, the idea is to do some in-app features so that people can look for merchants, they can look, they can browse their products and they can shop directly from TikTok. So it's only in the US at the minute, but the idea is to roll it out in Europe next year. So I know we we have our opinions on TikTok, but, um, you know, it's going to be the next big thing, I'm sure. I was talking to someone um, on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, and you know, uh, and I said again to them about WhatsApp, and said, you know, the reality is, forget, stop, don't think about TikTok as a social media platform right now. Think about it as a functionality. Think about it as a content creation tool. This type of content is going nowhere. Okay, whatever happens next with TikTok, whether it disappears into social media platforms, come and go and come and go. Um, There are a few, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. There are a few that have stuck with us. And the reality is the ones that have come and gone, there's always a bit of that functionality that's ended up in something else. So, you you know, Snapchat's still around. 
but it, it's not people are not using it massively it's you know you, you don't think of it as being you know in in that top layer of social media platforms you should be you know considering from a business perspective but if you think about some of those functionalities in snapchat well that's where stories originated and now we've got stories on linkedin and it's the same thing with tiktok whether you're thinking oh you know it's just you know should i just be doing stupid dances to promote my business stop thinking about it that way it's content that is that you've it's highly editable in terms of the video content the little labels you can use pinned labels um the challenges you can do through TikTok, you could create some sort of business challenge. It doesn't have to be a dance. It just has to be something you're encouraging other people to do and follow. You know, it, it's like the, the, there is power in that type of content. It's going to be everywhere. It really, really is. And, you know, I look at some of the stuff that is being rolled out in stories that has been, you know, that we're now seeing in reels on um, Instagram as well. And I can already see it happening so I think that the fact that they're making these changes, um, you know, the, the Shopify link, the fact they're bringing out their version of the Pixel as well is all brilliant steps forward. And again, it's just for me, it's sort of a further endorsement that that type of content isn't going anywhere. I'll stop ranting now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it needs reinforcing, doesn't it? It's the sort of content that you know, people do need to be creating if they want to, to move move their marketing strategy forward it's it's not enough these days just to put one post out on Facebook or yeah and you know expect that to do the legwork for you absolutely absolutely um what's interesting sort of Jane sort of kind of tying in talking about advertising um there's a couple of articles that have come out over the last week um so one to do with facebook ads and frequency i don't know did you have you seen that at all i saw there were some stats on it but i haven't actually <clears throat> into it yet i'm afraid so facebook have released a report that says that the, the, basically the more your ads are seen the better that they perform and when you're running facebook ads you get this score called a um a frequency score and I would say for most ads that we're running, that frequency score kind of comes in probably about a 2.7, somewhere between 2.5 and 3 across the board. Now, I've seen, and it's not just over the last week or two, but for years, I've seen stats that have said, you know, your frequency must should be much higher. It should be like at 8s and 10s and 12s and that kind of stuff. And I think it's it's OK to follow that information when you're spending 20 grand a month on ads. But most of the people we're working with, their budgets are probably more kind of like that three to five hundred, certainly under a thousand pounds a month. OK, so we see all this information. It's like, oh, you, you know, your the frequency of your ads is really, really important so that people remember the brand and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure that's correct. But when I look at, like I said, the, the ads that we're running, the spend around those, how that targeting works, I don't think it does need to be as high as that to be able to get results. And when you're seeing stats like that, quite often it, there is that um, that driver behind it that is, you know, spend more money, your ads will be seen more, you'll get more results, so spend mm. more money. And, and I think people can get kind of quite caught up in that. 
I, I've always said there's like a bell curve. It's like the, the more money you spend on your ads, the more people will see it, the more results you'll get. But if you've done your targeting right, you'll always reach a peak. And even if you spend more money, actually the results you get will just remain the same. You know, and, it, and it's kind of like actually at that point, if you're not careful, what will happen is that even if you are increasing your spend, your results will drop off again. What you have to do is that point where your results level out, you need to change the creative. So people are not seeing the exact same ads again to be able to maintain that level of results. Mm -hmm. It isn't always a case of more money on your social ads brings more results. And I, I think that a lot of people fall into that trap of let, let's just spend more, let's just spend more. And a lot or of people get ripped off being given yeah. that information as well. Or I think they would, you know, sort of do the other extreme. So you're sort of polarizing, spend more, spend more, or they just don't give it enough time to work. So they kind of go, oh, we haven't got any leads from it. It didn't work. Or we need to change the creative. And it's like, you need it to have it running for more than a couple of days or even more than a week. You know, it needs to gain momentum, traction. You need to get a chance mm -hmm. to see which ads work, which um, visuals work. So it, Facebook can be quite misleading because once one of the pictures, I mean, I'm kind of pinching Jane's thunder here because you are the Facebook ad queen, really. <laughs> but um, what I've learned from, from Jane is that, you know, once one ad starts to perform better, then, of course, Facebook shows it more. So it's always going to pull further and further ahead. So whilst it is doing the performance for you i'm kind of taking it slightly with a pinch of salt so it's not that your other images are rubbish and you should never use them it's just that you know one is more appealing so hence it gets shown more it's, that's mm. just how it works absolutely absolutely and you know you can do split tests and that kind of thing so that two images will be shown evenly if you're equally to to be able to sort of see the results that way and get that clear com comparison um but again, like I said, you know, it's we were working with a client on Facebook ads and they were essentially wanting us to make a, a change every day. But their budget was limited. And if you think for Facebook to give you the right information so that you know what to change, that advert has to be seen by so many people first. And if your budget isn't big enough to allow Facebook to show it to that many people in 24 hours, there's no point making changes on day two, day three, day four, mm. because then you don't know which changes made the difference. You don't know what changes you've made that have actually had an adverse effect. And, it, you know, people just get, I think we, do you know, it's not people, it's me too. We run an ad and I go, oh, is that all it's done? And I want to start tinkering and changing things and I know better. So I sit on my hands but, you know, even I have that drive to go in and, you know, one of the reasons that um, Jane now gets, I'm going to use the word lumbered <laughs> with all the Facebook ad stuff is because I can't leave it alone. I keep going in there and what if, what if we just make that tweak on that location? What, what if we make that tweak? And so Jane and I will have conversations about what changes need to be made. And then I'm going back to and go like probably like two days later going, have you, have you done it yet? Has it made a difference? Have you, have you noticed anything? <laughs> And she's like, Christina, you know, it was only back this morning we had that conversation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay then. So, so what you're saying is that you're quite impatient, Christina. Is that a shock? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
so typical entrepreneurial traits oh, yeah maybe so yeah so like i said the, the facebook ads frequency it's interesting with what we see with the clients we work with their budgets tend to be like thousand pounds and 300 to a thousand pounds a month um what i'm seeing in the research from facebook on frequency i don't 100 percent agree with um but the other thing that was interesting um relates to linkedin ads so we are seeing more and more people getting interested in running ads on LinkedIn and they continue to be quite expensive. But LinkedIn released a report early this week, I want to say. Um, and they're seeing, I think in the last quarter, they've seen a 16% increase on, on spend on LinkedIn ads, which is, you know, feels like quite a jump. Mm. But then when you read into it further, LinkedIn... So the spend on LinkedIn ads is up like 40% on what it was this time last year. That's a big jump. It's absolutely crazy, the, the increase. Oh. You're also seeing that the stats that are, I think there's like a 34% increase on um, sort of engaged users or like, you know, daily active users on LinkedIn as well. So Again, if you're thinking, right, or if, if you've traditionally thought LinkedIn isn't a place for me to hang out, it's not my client base, that kind of thing, then, um, you know, it might be worth just taking another look. A lot of people are on there right now. Mm. So Paul's just made an interesting statement saying he's never found LinkedIn ads effective. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that could be a number of factors, couldn't it? Like maybe you previously people weren't receptive to them and they're not hanging out on there as much and again this might be kind of pandemic and lockdown related but we did mm -hmm. see that more people were going on to linkedin whether it's just because they wanted company you know they wanted to reach out to people and i'm still working but i'm working at home i don't actually get to do networking so you know we know usage of all the channels increased over lockdown it sort of plateaus a little bit now um but yeah i mean what would you what would you say to, to anyone that's kind of going LinkedIn ads just aren't effective? So over the last two years, link, so probably I want to say it's like maybe three years ago that LinkedIn started overhauling its ad feature. So it's ad platform. So it's now called, blah, can't talk, now called Campaign Manager. And it's very, very similar to a um, Facebook ads manager experience. They've brought in all sorts of different audiences, that, that kind of thing as well. We can do lookalike audiences on there that we never could do. So my question would be, um, and maybe Paul can, can pop it in the chat, you know, when was it that he tried LinkedIn ads? That would be something I'd be interested in. Um, to see, okay, where was it at that point? Because we, we've tested them over time. We've always found them ineffective. My feeling is right now that they are they are finally coming into their own. Okay, they're, hmm. they're now finally becoming that thing that are, you know, previously I'd have said, do, do all your, your paid ads through, um, through Facebook and then bring in LinkedIn ads right when you, you're at the, like, the neck of your funnel. So you're targeting people and you can be really, really specific at that point because it's expensive anyway. Spend that budget where you know you're going to be spending more money to, um, on your, you know, cost per click kind of thing, um, cost per action. So 
But what I'm seeing now, what I've seen over the last sort of three to six months, what I've been reading, um, some of the ads we've run for clients and the, the stats that we're getting, I'm now starting to think actually LinkedIn is coming into its, not it's not into its own, it's almost like it's matured. And now we can use it um, through, you know, further up the funnel and it, it's more of a middle of funnel tool now but we need to do some testing ourselves on that I think as well and then we will be able to come out with something that's like okay here's a strategy that works from start to finish I've turned the sound back on on my watch and I can't figure out how to turn it off again <laughs> oh, no. really not very techy um <laughs> Well, interesting. Paul has said it was about three years ago that he used the LinkedIn platform um, to add to, to do ads and made use of the freebie vouchers. So that's quite a good piece of advice, actually, is sometimes if you want to do advertising, just kind of go in and, and have a little look and don't do too much and then kind of pull back for a day or two, because then that might prompt LinkedIn to send you the, the little code that says, you know, here's £75 ad spend or something like that. It um, doesn't always work, but, you know, occasionally they'll send something through. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Paul's asked another question about boosting Facebook posts. I'm, like, reaching for coloured pens to prove a point now. <laughs> so I'm really anti-boosted posts, okay? So when you when Facebook gives you that little button that says boost this post, what it's doing is giving you something shiny. And we all know I love shiny things. But what it's doing is giving you something shiny that is kind of like low-hanging fruit. You can um, spend a small amount of money, let's say 20 quid. And wow, that post selling this uh, red pen, you know, so many tens of thousands of people are going to see this pen. Brilliant. They've seen the post. If you go through Ads Manager... You can run an engagement ad and the objective, if you like, is not have people seen the post of the red pen. It's actually have people engaged with the post of the red pen. Now, off the back of that, you can create audiences that essentially are, um, we want to target anyone that's engaged with our content over the last 30 days, let's say. So automatically, that's become more valuable for you. Okay. Um, the other thing we could do is because we've went through Ads Manager, we can have a post going out with a red pen, post going out with a green pen, post going out with a blue pen, and it's still costing us the same money. Now, I'd rather have three versions and then in time be able to target you know, the people that engage with the green pen. Actually, maybe they're going to get served with the next level of ad that is like, here's where you can buy your green pens. So... Boosting posts, yes, you're going to get more reach on that one post. But it's, you know, so what if your post has been seen by 20,000 people? That's not 20,000 people that are necessarily going to buy from you. So does, does boosting allow you to target? Um, does it allow you to do any targeting? So for people that aren't familiar. Yeah, so you, you can target, but the targeting is from, is limited in comparison mm. with what you can do through your ads manager. Mm. Okay, so, you know, that that's the difference, really. And it's about building loyalty. 
it's about making sure you are appearing at a few different times. If I'm going to spend, let's say I'm going to spend £50 on an ad this weekend, I can just show it to as many people as possible. Or I can show it to less people, but actually have people clicking through to my website and retarget them through there. Or downloading something and now I've got their email details. And it still costs me £50. So anytime you run an ad, I always go through Ads Manager. Never click those button, the promote buttons that you see on your Facebook page because generally it's giving you like a really small, a really tiny bit of what's possible and it's costing you the same money. There you I'm go. very ranty today, aren't I? No, informative is the word we're looking for. We're all being, I feel like I'm being overly chatty, but I haven't really seen anybody this week. So it's <laughs> probably why I'm hankering after human connection. <laughs> I've tried really hard to actually take a break. And then Mark sent an email to a client basically saying, yeah, Christina's on holiday, but I can't get her off the phone. <laughs> Sp spoke to you more yesterday and I've done all like for the last couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is half term for a lot of people so i think if if people are finding it difficult to get engagement on their posts or opening emails that's possibly why isn't it so there's lots mm. of people like like you who are trying to do do the good thing and hang out at home but it's tricky when there's no one nowhere to go there's nowhere to go the weather's been a bit crappy in the midlands so there's not really yeah like just going for a walk is a bit depressing um so yeah it's been a bit of a struggle and taking a break anyway is is always hard for me and makes me a little bit grumpy um but that's you know that's something i need to work on um but how's it been like how's it been without me what's been going on with clients have we have we got any projects we can talk about or anything exciting that's been happening it's whiz this week um, I've had I've had a great well end of last week beginning of this week I've worked on a uh, a rebrand and launch for for uh, an amazing brand I've absolutely loved working on it so um, they're called Octopay um, and they are payroll software so for recruiters that are have loads of temps or big franchise networks basically anyone that has to pay a lot of people. Um, so in essence it's not the sexiest product in the world but you know we've had loads of fun working with you know all the themes that run through about how it's kind of oceans apart from the competition and um you know don't drown under a wave of paperwork so yeah i've been in my element with it you know to the point where i was waking up at kind of five six o'clock in the morning with a oh that's a good idea i'll go and put that or i'll weave that into the copy somewhere so um, so yeah, that's that's been great. So I would say give them a follow if you want to to see kind of an idea of some of the cool branding that you can do and fun you can have um, with something as dry maybe as software. Um, I yeah. thought you were going to say something as dry as an octopus. Then <laughs> I was and like, I know that one was a work, Amanda. <laughs> I know so much now about about octopuses, and it's that that's the right plural. It's not octopi. Oh, there you go. I was going to say, what's number one fact, you know, you've learned about octopuses? And there's um, one right there. <laughs> number one fact. So they are the world's most intelligent invertebrate. 
So and each one of their eight arms or legs, as they are, there is debate about what they're called, but each one has a mind of its own. So they can kind of oh. you know do one thing there, do one thing there, and yeah, and crack on with it. So Wasn't yeah, there one that like, the World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah apparently <laughs> that predicts the World Cup outcome. Yeah, there was one a few years ago. You're right. <laughs> Right. So, so, yeah, it's great fun. The guys have been really open to ideas as well, which has um, which has really helped. So it's, it's good when you work with a client that's kind of bought into everything. Oh. Mark, you got any comments um, just from a design perspective, really? So they've got Ollie the octopus, which is this little character, and I know you've done a mm-hmm. some really cool stuff that. Amanda got way too overexcited about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it looked great, though. Honestly, they, the work Mark did, because some of the suggestions, well, actually, some of the suggestions the client was coming up with, I was like, how are we going to do that? That's not going to work. And Mark was just like, da-da-da, ta-da. <laughs> so, ta-da. That's what Slack makes the noise now when I send things to Amanda. It's a funky brand to work with. So obviously the, the basics were there anyway. So we we you know just got to tweak a few bits and add some extra elements in. So yeah, I I didn't think at the start of the week I'd be uh putting sort of scuba masks on people working on software and things like that but it's uh it's uh, yeah that no, was good fun and it's a nice like like Amanda said it's fun um you know and it, it feels nice and fresh and it puts a different spin on on something that could be you know a very dry subject you know and you land on that and you, you see different things you can think oh this is a bit more interesting a bit more funky you know and it gives people a point of interest mm. or a difference yeah i think as well using something like you know obviously we've got you know george the giraffe that makes his way into various bits of branding when it's appropriate and you know that they're gonna have um ollie the octopus (laughs) we've worked with other brands in the past that have got like little characters and things like that 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 we've been able to do stuff with so as a vehicle i think it's it's quite cool from a design perspective to do things that are a little bit different yeah yeah no it's nice and like i said the 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 actual basis of the logo is a really nice logo anyway it's you know without getting too geeky they've got nice fonts and and things like that to work with so you know they've done they've done things right they've got the basics in there and then we've just helped sort of embellish some of the some of the graphics and things so yeah it's quite a nice one to work with really cool 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 Okie cokey guys, um, is there anything else news-wise that's kind of stuck out this week that we are, perhaps we haven't brought up because we're still looking at or things for people to just sort of have halfway on their radar? What have I not seen or read about yet is what I'm really asking. You, or people, you might have clocked or, or not, or others might not have done, that you can now start video calls from LinkedIn Messenger as well. So we've been quite LinkedIn focused today, but as you said, it really feels like they're sort of maturing a bit and adding more features. But it now um, integrates with Zoom, Teams, and another one I think is called Blue, Blue Jeans, Jeans. Which, yeah, as I say, I, I don't have massive experience with we're, we're Zoom Zoom people here, but um, yeah, you can essentially go into LinkedIn Messenger and you know kind of hop on a video call from there. Um, so again, that's that's a nice. So if you're if you're like right in the moment, kind of 
oh, what's this about, you know, wanting to ask someone, you could almost say, well, should we just hop on a call right now and start it from there? Mm -hmm. So it's just another way to, as you say, keep moving people down that sales funnel. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Okay, so um, I'm going to wrap that up. We're kind of like 43 minutes in and we always want to try and keep this sort of, you know, 45 minutes to an hour max. So that, that's cool. Um, we are here again next week, Thursday at 12, live on Facebook, YouTube, um, and on my LinkedIn account as well. So come and find us next week. Who have we got next week as a guest? We should have someone joining us, or is it still to be confirmed? No, we do. We have the fabulous Joanne Lockwood joining us next week. So Brilliant. that's going to be a great chat. She, What she doesn't know and what she doesn't promote about... Um, diversity inclusivity um she's she's a great presenter as well so i think she'll be she'll be a good person to have on excellent she can um do you know i always love my conversations with her because she makes me feel less awkward about getting things wrong which is just fantastic when you're dealing with those situations so and, and those topics so yeah looking forward to that I'm really pleased to really pleased we've got joe on um yes. so see change happen is that her brand isn't yes. it yeah, yeah so if anyone wants to check her out beforehand go and have a look um and we'll welcome joe next week in the meantime have a fantastic week everyone and um, we'll catch you later bye for now bye, bye.